rocking around the Christmas tree. Have a holy, jolly Christmas. It's the most wonderful time. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle Tired of an endless loop of pop Christmas music? Coming December 24th, sacred music for the Christmas season. LutheranPublicRadio.org Serenity Stability Solemnity Lutheran Public Radio, sacred music for the Christmas season. Coming Christmas Eve at LutheranPublicRadio.org Issues, etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We get a lot of email from our listeners. We got some to respond to on this Wednesday afternoon, the 21st of December. Some response to our interview with Dr. Albert Moeller, a question about children's sermons and the death penalty and self-defense. Our email address, talkback at issuesetc.org and the issues, etc. Listener comment line 618-223-8382. And I assure you that children's sermons and the death penalty are two separate issues. Right. Yes. Let's begin with Josh in Missouri. I couldn't help but chuckle when I listened to your recent interview with Dr. Albert Moeller regarding his response to E.J. Dion's column. I think the funniest part was Dr. Moeller discussing the historical position of the church regarding marriage and the liberals' propensity to play language games with the Bible. Is this a case of the pot calling the kettle black? I think so. I'm sure Dr. Moeller is aware of the church's historical position regarding the role of the sacraments. But somehow that doesn't seem to bother him. And is it not Southern Baptists that also play language games with the Bible? Somehow for them, is does not mean is in regards to the sacrament of the altar. And somehow baptism saves does not mean baptism saves in regards to holy baptism. I think it's clear that Baptists like Dr. Moeller are playing the same game as liberals, but it's just that the liberals have taken the game farther than the Baptists are comfortable with. See, this is what happens when you undermine God's word. Where does it ever stop? As the old saying goes, if you give the devil an inch, he's going to take a mile. Thanks for all you do, and thanks for the feedback, Josh in Missouri. Well, you have a point, and, and the, the point is, yes, they are the same games, and yes, it is only a matter, matter of degree, and yes, if it, it would be wonderful if Baptists would be consistent in the way that they want to apply the historical standard, and you're quite right about that. They're not, and I think they would be, be more than willing to admit that their view of the sacraments is unknown in the church. And this should give them pause. Their view of the sacraments is unknown in the church from the time of the apostles until the time of the, well, the Anabaptists and the Reformed. Unknown. This is why the Lutherans were at such pains to say that they weren't introducing any new teachings that they could not find in abundance in the ancient writings of the church, not to mention the scriptures. So, yes, you have that point, but that's only to a point. I don't want to support the comparison between E.J. Dion, who's a, a cultural, liberal Roman Catholic, and probably rejects the notion of objective truth in a, 
at least practically. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that comparison with Dr. Moeller because then we're dealing with, it's not just a matter of degree. What E.J. Dion has rejected in terms, it's not simply liberalism, it's postmodernism, something that Dr. Moeller has actually been sounding the alarm on for decades and decades and decades. So I think your comparison goes only so far. And so we, what we want to do is be uh, generous with this Christian brother and say, yes, he ought to be consistent. Yes, there are games being played here. And yes, it is a matter of degree. But to compare him to the class of liberal that we find in someone like E.J. Dion is not really fair. So a point, but only up to a point. I can assure you E.J. Dion does not believe that there is such a thing as objective, absolute truth that exists for all times in all places, for all peoples. And, and Dr. Moeller does believe that. He simply is inconsistent. In, and this is, you know, Lutherans have recognized this. this is, there is a, an inconsistency among other Christians. Felicitous inconsistency. Yes, a happy inconsistency. Good thing they are inconsistent because if they weren't, they'd be E.J. Dion. And E.J. Dion would laugh at the notion of biblical inerrancy and inspiration. Absolutely. So, which is something that Dr. Moeller does not laugh at. Although we would continue to pray that he and his fellow uh, Reformed Baptists would be more consistent in their application of those things. Richard, Illinois, I'm curious to know your thoughts on children's message during Sunday services where children are invited to come to the front of the sanctuary and sit with the pastor for a message especially tailored to them. As a member of the military and a recent convert to the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, thanks to issues, etc., by the way, I've had the opportunity to attend many different churches of different denominations, and this seems to be a common practice. While in most cases, it's probably adiaphora. What's adiaphora? Something that's neither commanded nor forbidden. While in most cases, it's probably adiaphora, I've never liked it as it always seemed forced and awkward. It seems especially out of place when shoehorned into the divine service. Do you have an opinion on the practice or knowledge of its origins? Thanks for your thoughts, and thanks for the daily education and entertainment, concludes Richard in Illinois. I do not know where it came from. I do know that for the vast majority of my ministry, perhaps even my life, there's been something like it uh, and kind of inconsistently practiced in Lutheran churches. I don't know that it's unique to Lutheran churches. Uh, You know, a lot of non-Lutheran churches have just decided we're not just going to have a children's sermon shoehorned there into the divine service. We're just going to take the children out of the service entirely and go do children's church with them. So if you want to consider the slippery slope argument of what kind of presuppositions are behind the notion that we now have to have kind of an age-segregated time in the service. And the gifts that are given in the divine service are objectively there and objectively true for every person there in the divine service, regardless of their age. So if I decided, you know, I want to do an old person sermon. Well, we wield all the, all the older people. It's, you got to be over 80. Sorry. I know that for some, that's the prime of life. But everybody who's 80, come on down. The walkers, a lot of them are still walking. Maybe a few wheelchairs. And, I, and I, then I just, you know, sat down on the edge of the chancel steps and, and said, I, I'm going to gear this thing just to the old people. People would say, that's ridiculous. But you try and do it with little children whose only hindrance there in the divine service is 
their their cognitive skills are just developing. I deal with small children all the time. I've got them around me all the time. And when you watch them beginning to learn where their minds begin to de- develop, it's a, it's a miracle to watch this thing happen. And you realize, first of all, those little kids understand a lot more than you think they do. They hear a lot more than, than you think they do. They absorb a lot more than you think they do. And so I think the, the idea behind the children's sermon has kind of a chauvinism against the young that if carried out consistently would end up with something like children's church where the children, they just can't be in here. It's over their heads, but Jesus isn't over anybody's head. Okay. They hear the simple words of the absolution. Think about all the parts of the divine service and how simple they are. They are already geared toward children. I forgive you all your sins. The words of the hymns, they don't have to be children's hymns are sometimes remarkably simple. This is my body. This is my blood given for you to eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins. Simple. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord, this is childlike language. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. That's children's language already. We don't need to, we don't need to youthify it in some way to, for the children. They're going to hear it. And let's just remember one other thing here. And I think that's at the root of the assumptions about, about the, uh, The children's sermon, at the root of it is this idea that we're the ones who are doing the real communicating here, not the word of God with the power of the Holy Spirit within it. So let's remember that when we're proclaiming these simple words or even the complicated words that are found in the divine service, that's the word of God and the Holy Spirit is doing his work on every person there regardless of their age. We'll be right back. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the president and vice presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. What does it mean to be a man? The December issue of The Lutheran Witness takes up the question of anthropology. And for us as Lutherans, understanding what man is and who man is begins first and foremost with understanding who Jesus is and what he has done, how he is the perfect man. Pick up your copy today by visiting cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Luther had Wartburg. We have Collinsville. You're listening to Issues Etc. Our school is committed 
to authentic Lutheranism, the entire Book of Concord, and indeed to authentic Lutheranism as it has continued to be confessed and practiced through the centuries right up into our own time. Dr. Cameron McKenzie, Chairman of the Department of Historical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're committed then to biblical, confessional Christianity and Lutheranism and applying it to the world of today in as effective a way as we can. You can find out more about studying for the pastoral ministry at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at ctsfw.edu, ctsfw.edu, or call 1-800-481-2155. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Going through listener email on the Issues Etc. Comment line talk back at issuesetc.org and the comment line 618-223-8382. Marcy resides in South Bend, Indiana. She says, I'm a relatively new listener and I'm very curious to hear about the background story of how and why you got fired from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Oh, it's a long story. And as we get farther and farther away from it, in time, my memory grows dimmer and dimmer about the particulars. So how would I tell this story? We were never really in the good graces of the leadership of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod at the time. Uh, this would have been post-2001 when uh, Dr. Jerry Kieschnick was elected president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And so it would, prior to that, we had a good working relationship with the leadership of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Uh, Dr. A.L. Berry was president there for a short time after his death in office. Who was his? Dr. Robert Kuhn. Dr. Robert Kuhn was his successor, but that was pretty short-lived. So there was a, about a nine-year period in there where I think we kind of got on the radar of the leadership of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. They were oriented toward, what should I say? Pop American Christianity. Pop American Christianity, church growth, uh, generally Let's tend- reconsider women in the church. Let's reconsider in our practice, not doctrine, our practice of closed communion. Yeah, try let's, and co- let's, cozying uh, up to uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which at the time, granted, was not as radicalized as it is today. Let's, but, let's but still have bad. Let's have Christless, crossless evangelism ablaze programs. Yeah. Let's let's advocate worshiping, praying with Muslims and Buddhists. It was pretty bad. So we found ourselves running afoul of them theologically. So I think what ultimate I do not know to this day. There are people who do know, but have yet to say. But I do not know to this day the real reason that we were fired. Programming and business reasons, that's what they said. Yeah, which is kind of like saying this and that, okay? They were fired for this and that and other things too. But it certainly wasn't programming if the sense was we, we didn't have listeners. We actually had, including on the national show, listeners that the administration at the time wasn't even aware of. I'm sure they could have been aware of it, but they weren't aware of it. And then in terms of our online listening we were the most listened to thing at the radio station, period. So programming, that's a bogus thing. Financial reasons, the most I've ever been told is that someone was instructed to cut the budget at exactly the amount of money that was our budget. 
that was our slice of the budget for issues, et cetera. So on Tuesday of Holy Week in 2008, well, actually, I'll go back. The week before Holy Week, Jeff and I both received an email inviting us to the International Center of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod for a meeting. No details. I inquired the person who had emailed us, inviting us, saying, what is this about? You'll find out when you get there or something like that. I can't discuss that with you. So Jeff and I thought, well, either we're getting fired or something. This is personnel. It has to be personnel if they won't discuss it with us. Either we're getting fired or somebody else is getting fired. So we went in prepared. And lo and behold, we went in there. And when you see the head of human resources sitting at the table, you're getting fired. It's not somebody else. It's you. So it came as no real surprise to either Jeff or I. Jeff had actually communicated with the general manager of the radio station about a year before that. And he had just told Jeff, you know, after this next convention, you, you guys are getting canceled. Uh, and there's not really anything I can do about it. And Jeff said, well, how about letting us go independent? No, that's not happening. Well, we went independent in the end because after we were fired, uh, there was, I should say, a bit of a reaction. And due to a couple things, Molly Hemingway writing about it in the Wall Street Journal, Aaron, why does his name escape me? Aaron Wolf of Chronicles Magazine. Aaron Wolf writing in in, uh, Chronicles Magazine, several others. Gene Edward Veith in World Magazine, St. Louis Post-Dispatch had three stories. Yeah, and there was a bit of reaction. And by that time, Jeff and I had a couple weeks after that, we had already decided, well, if we're going to bring this back independently, there's no better time to do it than now. So long story short, Two months, if I'm not mistaken, was it two months or three months to the... the it's a little more than three. We came out June 30th. We were fired in March. March 18th. Yep. So on March 18th, we were fired. And then June 30th, we came back independent and have been independent ever since. Same show, uh, now operating independently under Lutheran Public Radio instead of uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And it was, I'll, I'll say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It was in terms of the show and the program and us, it was the best thing that ever happened to this show was it getting canceled. That's why we have the liner that we occasionally hear. Now only our listeners can cancel us. So well, how many years has it been? 2008, we would be now on, uh, what are we at? What? what? Fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half years. Oh yeah, it's gonna be in twenty twenty three. It's gonna be the fifteenth anniversary of our independence and the thirtieth, thirtieth anniversary of issues, etc. That's hard to believe. When we come back, uh, just a little bit more listener email and the issues, etc. Comment line. You can teach lay people theology. You're listening to Issues Etc. Life Week 2023 with Lutherans for Life is coming soon, and you're personally invited to join in celebrating that you are blessed for life. From Sunday, January 15th through Saturday, January 21st, 2023. Go to lutheransforlife.org for more information and for Zoom links. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutheransforlife.org, Lutheransforlife.org. St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Wildwood, Missouri is a proud sponsor of Issues Etc. And if you enjoy the relevant, Christ-centered teachings presented on this program, 
then you should come and join us at St. Paul's on Sundays at 9 a.m., where you will hear sermons that proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified for our sins, and enjoy in-depth Bible studies to help us grow as disciples. For more information, check us out at stpaullutheranwildwood.org. Wait, oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. Back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilker. We'll go through listener email, the Issues Etc. comment line. We'll spend a few more minutes doing that. Then we'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker. First, Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, and then Jesus feeding the 5,000 in John chapter 6. Going back to our conversation about the cancellation of Issues Etc. by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod 2008, the best summary of it was Molly Hemingway's column in the Wall Street Journal. You can Google it, Radio Silence in the Wall Street Journal. And I think... We also have that at our website, correct? We should put it with the the show notes or the notes for today's podcast. I'll episode. have to dig it up and, I, and we we can put it in there with the show notes. Check your email. When I emailed the listener, it's it's in that the links in there. So that's the best summary. But a lesson learned from it is how important church leaders and faithful church leaders are. That's the lesson to learn from our cancellation. I mean. And we're not talking here about, you know, corporate leadership. We're talking about theological leadership. And really, we that was one of our goals when we came back. We had uh, several goals. We wanted to come back and really at first we were, had no great ambitions. We just wanted to last long enough until the next cycle of the uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's convention came around and I'll just be quite honest. One of my goals was I just want to be on the air long enough to help Pastor Matt Harrison get reelected or get elected the first time as as president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Center. I think we helped a little bit. And I think part of that was also a bad timing on the part of the old leadership because they really just lit a fire under our listeners and under a lot of lay people out there. And I think that helped fuel the the enthusiasm for changing leadership in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. And on that topic, the next Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod convention is in 2023, and every LCMS congregation has been sent nomination forms for president and vice presidents of our church body. So it's a complicated process this year. It's all online, the nomination process, but it's vital. This nomination process is vital because before your congregation can send their representative or have their voting representatives vote, they have to have nominations from your congregations too. So you've been sent something in October if you're a Lutheran Church Missouri Senate congregation. It contains registration material like in the form of a code and then instructions on how to nominate for president and vice presidents of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate. Now, if you want a little help, if you go to issuesetc.org, 2023 nominations, You'll see issuesetc.org slash slash uh, 2023 nominations. You'll you will see some recommended candidates, including Pastor Matt Harrison, and also a link to the synodical page for making nominations. And below that, there's also a link to a very helpful tutorial video. If you if you're one of those people who DIYs on YouTube, this is your DIY for the nomination process for synodical president and vice presidents. It walks you through literally step by step. First, hold a voters meeting. 
and tells you what to do in that voters meeting, all of the things that are necessary for your congregation to nominate for the offices of president and vice president. The deadline is February 28th of 2023, and you'll find a list of issues that set to regular guests, a list of candidates that we recommend. Yep. And, uh, and your congregation is free to nominate anybody they want to, but you got to, you got to do the process and you got to get, get to the deadline. And these nominations are very, very important because it sets the slate that will be considered by the congregations of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate before they meet in convention and determines the people who you can be voting for during that process. And play your part. Every congregation gets a vote to prevent the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to going, going the way of mainline liberal Protestantism or American evangelicalism. The synodical leadership, to a large part, determines, especially since massive restructuring in 2010, the, the leadership of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, by and large, sets the direction for this church body theologically and in every other way, too. And that's why it's so very important. So we're exhorting you, admonishing you, third use of the law, send those nomination forms for president and vice presidents of Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The deadline again, February 28th, 2023, org slash 2023 nominations. Haley in Arkansas. I like that name, Haley. Might God grant us another girl? I think that might be the name. I like Haley. Do you like Haley? Haley in Arkansas writes, Hi, Issues Crew. Just letting you know that folks do listen to responding to listener email. It's quite possibly my favorite segment of Issues Etc. It's a nice and often humorous break in the serious issues you guys tackle. It reminds me to go back and listen to talks I haven't heard yet, or that might not have piqued my interest previously and now do so. I also feel like this is a good way for us listeners to get to know the guys behind the mics, Thank you so much for all you do, and have a blessed Advent and Merry Christmas, and to you as well, Haley in Arkansas. That's nice. You know, we're not fishing for compliments when we when we mention things like it's not very highly downloaded. We're just telling you the truth. I mean, it's it's not very highly downloaded, but there are people. There's a niche. There's a niche, and uh, what we try and we used to do a lot more mindless banter, and that might have been that might have accounted for the low download numbers. The the mindless banter. No, wait. You know what? I think she had something right, though, at least on my end. I know, I don't think you guys are too funny, but I know I, I'm, I'm pretty funny. So you guys know me. Yes. So if you're one of those people who shares Haley's sentiments in your fond love for email and comment line, support the worldwide outreach of issues, et cetera. No gift is too small. You can make a secure online donation at issuesetc.org or by calling Deaconess Lynn Fredrickson, 618-223-8385, 618-223-8385. Thank you so much for supporting this worldwide outreach. Quickly, David, good morning. I'm just wondering where the LPR choir, Lutheran Public Radio choir, is located and who is able to become a member. Yeah, it does really sound super official, doesn't it? Like we keep a, a, a team of people standing by in a recording studio to sing for us. That's not it. Uh, it's under the direction of Kevin Hildebrand, who is the cantor at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't know who he assembles. Students, people, they're... Professional musicians are usually in greater Fort Wayne. Yeah, and he brings them together. They, they record in Kramer Chapel. 
And Pastor Christopher Gillespie does an unbelievable job recording. Fantastic recordings. And they've just been fantastic uh, in doing that for us over the years. And we really have no plans to stop that. We're going to keep that choir such as it is comprised every time uh, Cantor Hildebrand is able to put, to put it together. We're going to keep that choir going, recording excellent sacred music for the world. On the other side of the break, Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel joins us. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson beginning with Jairus' daughter being raised from the dead in Mark chapter 5. And then we'll move on to Jesus feeding the 5,000 in John 6. Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040 or issuesetc.org. Job saw the city as a wasteland, as if devoid of God, witnessing injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace and shine the light in the city. Old theology, new technology, you're listening to Issues Etc. Our Savior Lutheran Church in Milford, Illinois is a congregation of broken yet redeemed sinners who gather weekly to receive God's love and mercy. You won't find anything fancy here. We don't worship according to the latest trends. We follow the patterns of worship the church has used for millennia. We don't tell you to become holy like us. We invite you to be a sinner like us. Jesus delivers his forgiveness. That's what you'll find here every week for you. More information at OurSaviorMilford.com. The Word of God, Daily Worship, Lutheran Hymnody and Catechesis, Instruction in Phonics, Traditional Math, Literature, Grammar, History, Latin, and Strings. It's all part of our daily life here at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. St. Paul is seeking teaching candidates for the 2023-24 school year. Learn more at school at stpaulhamel.org. Consider joining the faithful faculty at the only classical Lutheran school in Greater St. Louis. School at stpaulhamill.org. 